Next on BYU Sports Nation, the most explosive player on the field for BYU tomorrow. Our going for two projections before Saturday's showdown with West Virginia. I'm going defensive. ESPN's Merrill Hodgson, what he expects offensively from BYU tomorrow, and the only reason he would change quarterbacks. Plus, West Virginia radio analyst Dwight Wallace on why he says this Mountaineer team is searching for an identity. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What up? It's Friday. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, September 23rd. This is how we do it. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with retro Lucky Charms box collector, Jerem Jordan. I actually did collect Wheaties boxes when I was younger. Oh, yeah, and I remember living in the 503, Clyde Drexler was on the Wheaties box. And at the time, this was national. They didn't really do the local thing like sometimes they do now. So I went to the store, and you could only buy two at uh, Cub Foods, which is now Winco. You could only buy two, so we bought two. And for some reason, my parents had me convinced that Wheaties tasted good, man. Now in adulthood, I'm like... These, these, what? I need sugared cereals, Do man. you remember Frosted Wheaties that were... Uh, I couldn't afford the fun pack, Napoleon. They were featuring Ken Griffey Jr. at the time. Frosted Wheaties. <sighs> I, th- I do remember those with the kid. The kid on the oh. box. Oh, so that was a great time, right? Yes, he's in the hall now. Bring back Frosted Wheaties! And bring back Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> when the Mariners were good. Hey, I need to give a shout-out to at BuddyH42 on the Twitter machine, Alan Henderson, who said the following last night. How about a shout-out for us Scottish Cougar fans watching live at 3.15 in the morning. Wow. Great second set, go Cougars. They were talking about the BYU women's volleyball match. Yeah, that's crazy. 3.15? Yeah, let's also give a shout-out to at Crying Bronco because Jason Shepard's daughter, who is four, mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. Oh, now you're going to put me on the spot. (laughs) Now you're going to put me on the spot. She loves her some Spencer Linton. So she gave you a hug, and Jason tweeted out a picture. So then at Crying Bronco tweeted out a picture and photoshopped Crying Bronco's face on her on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's – I'm looking at it right now. It's it's an elite Photoshop job. that was good. I think – I want to say her name's Audrey. Audrey. I think it's Audrey. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Audrey. (laughs) Hashtag Crank <laughs> Oh, my goodness. In all seriousness, though, it's great to be part of BYU Sports Nation and extend to the world. Scotland? How cool is that? Scotland! Scotland! Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football is in Washington, D.C. for Game 4 against West Virginia tomorrow on ESPN2. Coverage starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern with countdown to kickoff. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler will be live at FedEx Field. I'll be here with David Nixon and Brian Logan and Jerem Jordan, who is the mastermind behind the pregame show. I'll be in the control room, so you won't notice me at all. Fourth-ranked women's soccer beat Denver 7-0. Brigham beats the Pioneers 7-0. Seven. Uh, excuse me? Perfection. Complete. Last night in a rainy, delayed game, Nadia Gomes scored two goals. Ashley Hatch scored a goal and leads the country with 11 goals, which brings us to the stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ashley Hatch has more goals, 11, than 105 teams in NCAA soccer. Holy shnikes. Soak that in, baby. 
wow, those teams stink at scoring. <laughs> or Ashley Hatch is just really good both. at scoring. Yeah, it's a little of both. Uh, BYU hosts Long Beach State tomorrow night at 10 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. So after the West Virginia game, you watch the post game on BYU TV as well. A couple hours later, Spencer Linton uh, will wear the same suit and he'll go call that women's soccer game. Seven to nothing. It was four nothing at halftime. There was a lightning delay. It was a weird weather day in Utah yesterday. A tornado touchdown up in the Ogden area. Which Boney Fuller said, hey, you know, uh, hopefully all those Utah State students in Ogden were, he, he jokes that oh. Utah State's in Ogden are okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. He's been on point this week. That is for sure. Listen, because of the lightning delay and the rain delay, I was so happy to be calling the women's volleyball match indoors last night, and that was a late schedule change. 13th-ranked BYU taking care of business against Santa Clara in their West Coast Conference opener, led behind outside hitter Lacey Haddock. She had a career-high 14 kills. Oh, by the way, Whitney Young-Howard was amazing. Of course and she was. she was on the show yesterday. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. BYU and San Francisco will line it up in volleyball Saturday at 3 Eastern. It's a San Francisco treat. Spencer, I had Rice Rooney this week. Jimmer and the Shanghai Sharks beat the Singapore Slingers. Okay. Today, uh, earlier today, 89-67. Jimmer scored 29 points according to at the Jimmer watch. He's slacking 31 yesterday, only 29 yeah, so today. He's, I, just, it's sad to see Jimmer struggle Scoring 29 this morning. (laughs) Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Explosive ability. Yep, we're making up new words today on BYU Sports Nation. I like it. It's a Friday. Seems like a good time for that. Explosive ability. Not to be confused with explosibility, which just means you can be blown up. So... That, yeah, that makes sense. There's let, a very distinct let's difference. Let's clarify Thank the you. change there. Thank you. It's also a good time to prognosticate, project, or predict who in the world will offer up some explosive plays for BYU tomorrow. Which is our Twitter question today. Who will be the most explosive player for BYU versus West Virginia? Use the hashtag BYUSN. First tweet, at Kugbaka. It's like an explosion every time Butch Pau lays the wood on some Poor, unsuspecting chap. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Cy Tautu said something of the sort to me, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, I don't like to follow the play when Butch makes the tackle because the pads are so loud that it hurts my ears. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. Cy Tautu, one of the starting defensive ends, said that to me in practice, I think, uh, a week or so ago. He's like, it's so loud. When he hits, it's like, ah, ah. D- Donnie. Pau is just crushing it right now. Donnie Poo. <laughs> Without the context or explanation, it's kind of weird. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> to further the conversation, we're all kind of wondering what the offensive identity of this BYU team is and who will be the explosive pieces in the Cougar football offense tomorrow. We all know Butch Powell is going to bring it on defense. But what about the offense tomorrow at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland? Jerem, what are you expecting from the BYU O? against West Virginia tomorrow. If it's not Taysom Hill, there's a serious problem, Spencer. It better be Taysom Hill. 
After the first three games, BYU struggled to score on offense. They need a leader, and that leader needs to be the quarterback. I do expect good things from everybody else, especially Jamal Williams, because the West Virginia rush defense is not good. I believe it's 94th in the country. It needs to be Taysom Hill through the air and on the ground, and he needs to lead this team. They can't have as many three and outs. They need to get more first downs. They can't. Uh, only one turnover wasn't that bad, but they need to get into the red zone. They need to score. Bury's been great when they get into the red zone. They've been perfect uh, this season. But it needs to be Taysom Hill. Rise up, dog. An aggravated Taysom Hill is a good thing for I'm BYU aggravated football. as well. But I think it's going to be Jamal Williams. Jay mm. Swag Daddy is going to bring it tomorrow against West Virginia because this defensive front is more like Arizona's. It's not Utah, and it's not UCLA, and BYU fans who are hopeful for the factor back, who Jamal Williams is, and we'll talk to Merrill Hodge, who coined that phrase uh, coming up. They should be excited about what Jamal Williams can do against this defensive front that's still kind of searching for an identity. Yeah, West Virginia has speed, but typically their resources go more towards the offense. They, they've averaged 34 a game in the last two years. They're at 32 right now. But we don't really know what West Virginia is. We know they're undefeated, but we don't know how good they are. They played a bad Missouri team, the same program that BYU lost to last year. Shouldn't have. That was a game BYU should have won. And Youngstown State. And then had a bye week. So who knows what West Virginia is. They're four hours away from campus playing a BYU team that's uh, just a little uh, T.O.'d right now. Back east on a mission to score some points. And this BYU defense is uh, taking the ball away every game. Uh, I, I think that BYU is set up for a good game. I need to see the offense um, stretch its wings out and fly a little bit here, and I think this is a week because, like I said against Arizona, Arizona's defense stinks, and BYU would have a good game offensively. <laughs> and they did. They just didn't cash in on those turnovers They didn't score much. a ton of points, but they had plenty of yards. Yeah, they had plenty of yards, 415. I'm saying the same thing about this West Virginia defense. I think they stink. Karan White thinks the BYU corners are, are solid but can't keep up. I think the whole West Virginia defense stinks. I think BYU can bring it on Saturday. Okay. Look out for them coons, Spencer. Let's add some context to the conversation now. Jerem thinks that Taysom Hill needs to be the most explosive player on the field, and he is the key to BYU's offensive identity. But I think Jamal Williams will be the guy because, as Jerem so kindly and subtly stated, BYU or West Virginia's defense stinks as a whole. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I think that we'll see both players make some explosive plays tomorrow. Who will be the most explosive player? But as I said, furthering the context, I have to be a little concerned about what is going to happen because this game is on the East Coast, Jerem. Yes, in the last 11 games for BYU in the Eastern Time Zone, BYU is 2-9, and nine, Spencer. That's a huge concern. You can't go there and struggle like that. Last year was Michigan, so BYU needs to put up some points. And points is the operative word because BYU's offense is averaging... 17 points a game this year through three? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the following things that we just brought up. BYU needs to bring it. To me, this game is more like Arizona than it is Utah UCLA. Those defenses were good. A bunch of NFL guys uh, on, on both sides of the ball and in the trenches. I don't see it with West Virginia, although they are always fast. The biggest mismatch in this game might be the receivers versus BYU's corners, but but the BYU defense has not given up 
a bunch of deep balls this season. In fact, hardly ever have they allowed a long catch. I'm not talking about catch and run. I'm talking about long pass, long catch. 17 points a game, BYU 2-9 and nine on their last 11 trips to the Eastern time zone. They struggle because they're playing good teams. That's typically why. BYU's not going to travel that far to play um, bad competition. The exception to that will be UMass coming up in the future. UMass is an independent, and they're trying to fi- figure some things out. BYU's going to play there because it's in Foxborough, home of we can play whatever quarterback we want and still win. <laughs> Who was the starting quarterback for the Patriots last night? Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Who? Brisket? That sounds good for lunch. Oh, man. Plug and play, and you win. Yeah, seriously. That's pretty amazing. Who will be the most explosive player for BYU against West Virginia tomorrow? Now to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation at SadPizza1. J-Man, Jamal Williams, will have over 150 yards rushing. Hashtag bold prediction. I, th- I think that could happen tomorrow. I'll be happy if Jamal goes for over 100. Coming up, we'll tell you what our going for two predictions are. Just wait. I'm going defensive, though. I Hey, this offense has burned me in the last couple weeks. I'm going de- defensive. At Mr. <laughs> underscore Flintstone 94. Taysom. He will find his rhythm and explode on a terrible West Virginia defense. Jerem's smiling at that sentiment. Jason, Taysom and Jamal. We should just call him Jason. Jason. Jason will make them look silly. Tomorrow. (laughs) How about those names? Sad Pizza and Mr. Flintstone. (laughs) I love Twitter so much. Coming up, ESPN analyst Merrill Hodge breaks down the BYU offense. But first, Dwight Wallace, West Virginia analyst, previews the Cougars and Mountaineers. Is this team, and I'm speaking of West Virginia, still searching for an identity? I am Dwight Wallace! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, those moving pictures, thanks to Philo T. Farnsworth, are rolling on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on the Twitter machine. (laughs) Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It's always good to bring in Philo T. into the conversation. And uh, we'll continue to honor his name. What's up, Saturday, Saturday at 2.30 Eastern Time with Countdown to kick off on BYU TV. It's our one-hour live pregame show. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler will be live from FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland as we get you set for that. that uh, will be awesome. Uh, Philo T. Farnsworth from Idaho, Taysom Hill from Idaho, <laughs> Tanner Mangum from Idaho, and yours truly, born in Idaho as well. You so, were born in Idaho? So there are three great people and then someone else in that group. BYU football Sorry, will be playing on the other side <laughs> of the country, Eastern Time Zone against West Virginia, and to preview the matchup tomorrow in Landover and the home of the Washington Redskins, FedEx Field, is Dwight Wallace joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, West Virginia football analyst. Dwight, welcome to the show, man. Happy to be with you guys. Uh, you're excited? We're excited, I can tell you that. Holy cow, absolutely. Uh, and I think it goes back to something that uh, Ed Lamb, the assistant head football coach at BYU, said yesterday where this schedule for BYU feels like a bowl game every week. And I feel like with the neutral site <laughs> and BYU and West Virginia having never played, it kind of feels like a bowl game in September. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. What an unbelievable schedule you guys have been playing. I, I know one thing, sometimes early in the year you worry about you, you, you kind of have a hard time getting a feel about uh, what type of new opponent you're going to play because you don't know them and you don't know their opponents. But I'll tell you what, you guys uh, lined up an all-star group there, so you've played the very best, and uh, 
So we don't have to worry about that part. We know you're a good team. <laughs> when you look at West Virginia, uh, the Mountaineers are the one of the last two undefeated teams in the Big 12 uh, with wins against Missouri and Youngstown State. What do you feel like you know about this West Virginia through two games? Well, we know we don't have an identity yet. I think that's the one thing we know. We're still searching for that. A lot of new faces, guys, on our defense. Uh, we had a pretty uh, senior group last year uh, and played uh, – you know, our, our defense has been a work in progress ever since Coach Holgerson came here to West Virginia. But last year we kind of felt we hit our stride, but then we graduated a bunch of kids. So now uh, we've got some new faces in there, so we're trying to figure that out. Offensively last year uh, we had a bunch of new faces at the receiver group, but they're back. So we're feeling a little bit better about the offense because we do have a few more uh, – more experienced players on the offense, and, and plus we're more settled at quarterback than we were a year ago. So uh, we're still trying to find ourselves. I don't know that we really have an identity yet, but, uh, you know, we've seen some good things. We've seen some things to work on. We did have an off week last week, so I think they were able to go back and fundamentally correct some things uh, where they made errors in the first two games. BYU's defense has been one of the best in the nation, giving up around 17 points a game against good competition, as you noted, Dwight. But this West Virginia team feels like they can score on any defense because they have explosive players all over the field, a ton of team speed. How do you think the Mountaineers will try and attack BYU's conservative defense tomorrow? Well, it'll be interesting. I'm like you guys. I'm kind of excited to see. Uh, you know, Coach Holgerson came in here, and it was pretty much air raid to start with. And uh, we did have some talented kids, a quarterback and receivers, and we kind of adopted to that. But then he went through some years where uh, we didn't have an established quarterback or we had some weakness of receiver, but he did have some talented running back. So he has developed into a more balanced approach offensively. And matter of fact, it's not uncommon for us to be really pretty close to 50, 50% run pass when we end a game. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. I know that your defense has done a terrific job against the run, so it's going to be a huge challenge for our offensive line and for our running backs there, and then also to our offensive line when it comes to pass protection. So uh, I, I know uh, you've got the attention of the coaches and the players, that's for sure. Uh, and Karan White added to that with some locker room fodder uh, this week, telling the media he doesn't think the BYU cornerbacks can keep up with the, the uh, wide receivers of West Virginia. What do you think of uh, that assessment? Because I thought that created a little more fun this week. <laughs> Boy, you just sometimes you need tape when you just don't have it, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we do have some speed of receivers. I think that's the one thing we've noted uh, when Coach Holgerson came. He does have a way of attracting good speed of receivers. But uh, I don't know, uh, watching you guys against the people you've played who also have excellent speed, you've done a nice job with your different coverages, and, and, uh, but I think you've done a terrific job. So I don't know that it's going to be – I think it's going to be a heck of a challenge. And I know we're concerned both ways there. The height of your receivers is a real concern uh, matchup-wise for us. And then the athleticism of your corners, I think uh, – uh, I, I, you know, I do think our kids can run, so that will be one thing that will be a challenge for your guys. But uh, your guys can run too, so it's just a matter of uh, timing, I think. And, you know, is it coming off play action or drop back or 
Can we catch somebody looking into the backfield? That kind of thing. So, you know, you can't afford to uh, spend too much time looking in the backfield because these guys will run by you. Dwight Wallace, 16 years covering West Virginia football on the Mountaineer Radio Sports Network. Taysom Hill was, uh, I mean, let's, let's be honest. When he decided to come back to BYU, fans here were ecstatic. Now under Ty Detmer, the offense has struggled out of the gate against three P5 teams and now a fourth on Saturday. What are your impressions of this BYU offense, and what do you expect Taysom Hill, the fifth-year senior, to be able to do against a West Virginia defense that, like you said, has a lot of new faces? Well, it's been interesting to me to watch what the teams you've previously played, how they've defended him, because obviously he has everyone's attention. I I know uh, he, of course, coming off the injury and all, I bet it has to be a concern, but I'll tell you what, I the guy looks effective to me, and I think he's just... Uh, He's just kind of getting ready to get going. I mean, I think the the skills are all there, and when he pulls it down and runs with it, that's the X factor that can really break your back and sustain drives. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's, uh, you know, he's big, he's strong, he can throw, he can run, he's poised, he's mature, he, he's been around. So, you know, anytime you get a quarterback like that and then surround him with talent, and, of course, you've got, you know, a big running back, you've got, uh, you know, a good offensive line, and, big tall receivers i mean it has to get your attention so you know i think uh i think we're looking forward to a big challenge there and like i said before you know we're still trying to find that identity of our defense we don't know who we are uh we do have some kids coming back and our defensive front uh our defensive line but so many new faces a linebacker and receiver and so there's going to be uh, just a ton of interesting matchups out there come come uh, saturday Dwight, what's the rhetoric among Mountaineer fans about this matchup uh, in non-conference prior to uh, Big 12 play with BYU at a uh, neutral stadium? Well, I think for us, you might as well you may as well be in conference. I mean, uh, you know, I that's know what we're hoping, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with all the expansion talk and all, and I think BYU is certainly one of the top schools being considered, but. Uh, it won't be any difference for us in preparation. I can tell you it's got nothing to do with the quality of your football, that's for sure, because it, uh, you know, it feels to us like a Big 12 matchup, a Big 12 game, and, and uh, I think our coaches and players are approaching it that way. What is the Mountaineer football nation like? I know this game won't be played in Morgantown, and it's been described as one of the craziest, uh, most raucous college football communities across the country but you're in Landover at FedEx Field. So what, what do you expect from Mountaineer Nation, and how can you explain what that's like to BYU fans that have never uh, experienced a game with uh, the West Virginia football fan base? Well, I'm, I get kind of excited about your guys' home there, too. Uh, you get a little bit of craziness going on there. But, yeah, Morgantown is a neat place. It's, uh, it's, it's a little unique, and, and uh, we're kind of tucked into the hills there. And this time of year, you start getting the leaves starting to change, and it's kind of a pretty drive down from the airport to the stadium. But uh, the fans are loyal, you know. And in uh, West Virginia, we have no pro team in football or baseball or anything. So really the Mountaineers become the college team, the pro team, the everything team. And people plan their vacations around the bowl trip. So if you don't... (laughs) If you don't make a bowl, you're you're in big trouble, you know. So, uh, but uh, they do like their football here, and and uh, that's always exciting. We when we were playing in the Big East, of course, we were traveling. They were mostly driving distances, 
and uh, we had a huge following. Uh, we would, in fact, there were many times we got bold trips because they knew we'd bring a ton of people. It was not uncommon for us to take twenty or twenty-five thousand to a to a bowl game. And uh, but now that we're in the Big Twelve, we don't get quite that following. You know, it, it's a plane ride and. And uh, we still get good following, I think. We're probably average or a little better, but uh, we don't get that kind anymore. So I'm kind of hoping we revert back to our Big East days and get everybody uh, loading up the cars and headed to Washington, D.C. From Morgantown, you know, it's about a four-hour drive, something like that. So, uh, you know, and we have people, of course, in kind of a, well, there are three, four, five-state area here that are West Virginia fans and, and uh so it's doable. So I, I'm hoping that uh, we can have, have a good crowd show up. Dwight, it's been great to talk to you. We wish you uh, safe travel to Landover, Maryland, the West Virginia football radio analyst. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great call on Saturday. Hey, great. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Dwight Wallace on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Some interesting things that he brought up. One is the obvious concern that West Virginia should have, and that is off of uh, the following quote. We know, excuse me, uh, yeah, we know West Virginia doesn't have an identity yet. A lot of new faces Mm. on our defense, Mm. end quote. Yes, yes, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, yes. And then he said this about Taysom Hill. He's just kind of getting ready to get going. Anytime you get a quarterback like that and surround him with talent, it has to get your attention. Yes. This is the week. The offense needs to show up, man. BYU could easily be 0-3. They could easily be 3-0. Any scenario based on the fact that the defense has played great, and now it's time for the offense to reward that defense with a W. Now, the defense could score. That's the next thing. They could oh, I would love that help, so much. But that's asking a lot, right? They're already turning the ball over. Who will be the most explosive player for BYU versus West Virginia? Get to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Connor Crandall, too. Taysom Hill, through the air and on the ground, he will have that extra element to him tomorrow. I think you're right. You've said an aggravated Taysom Hill, a ticked-off Taysom Hill, a focused, uh, annoyed-in-a-positive-way Taysom Hill can be a weapon. Um, So now it's time. I mean, it's game four. Kalani Sataki was right on on Saturday night and Monday. The time for we're figuring it out at the beginning of the season, that's over. It's over. It's time to rock and roll. At Family Budge could be Nick Kurtz or Jonah Trinneman. Hopefully we get some long balls to them in this game. Nick Kurtz quietly had a pretty solid game against UCLA. Yeah, I had a couple of – he had 30 – about half of that on that last drive. Yeah. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we are going for two, but first ESPN's Merrill Hodge talks about how BYU can break out against West Virginia. It was there for you over a 1,000 times yesterday. It was there for you today, and it will be there tomorrow. As long as you're making memories, it will be here to save them for you. It's what we do. We create the technology that saves your memories. I am Flash, connecting people through memory. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, next Thursday, believe it or not, it's Basketball Media Day. Wow. That's coming up quickly. Uh, Check it out next Thursday, September 29th, a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. We'll have Dave Rose and players in studio. 
The autumn wind has struck Brigham Young University. Oh, it did. With football and now basketball, baby. Let's go. And some serious rain last night. Good grief, that was nuts. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, ESPN NFL analyst and the father of BYU football player Bo Hodge, Merrill Hodge. Merrill, nice to have you back on the program. Good. Always nice to be with you guys, man. As soon as you say fall there, I know you guys are thinking basketball and football, but I'm thinking elk hunting. <laughs> <in Utah. laughs> it's the first thing that popped in my head when I said that I missed that, man. Well, you got to you got to get your priorities straight, right? That's right. We got to you have you got different phases to your life, right? Absolutely. Can't be all football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to bring up something that uh, you said after Week One for BYU football when you called Jamal Williams a factor back against Arizona, and I like that phrasing. He's been slowed the last two games against good defensive fronts in Utah and UCLA, but. Along with Jamal Williams, what is your overall impression of BYU football after three games this season? Well, listen, I I love what Ty Detmer's doing, um, and I, I I think it's hard for a fan to truly appreciate how hard it is to create. I mean, you all these layers of learning. You know, you're teaching kids technically in some phases how to actually play the game of football, and I don't think people can appreciate you know how little some guys do know coming out of spread type offenses. You know, I I can't stand them. I don't like them. I think there's no great value in them. I don't think you teach kids how to play the game, and there's no control for them. You know, I just use the huddle for an example. I mean, there's so much value to huddling up. More things are discussed and, and filtered through and figured out in the huddle with players than at any other part of, during a football game. And to rob them of being able to do that, which really kind of leads me to believe that, you know, it's, Honestly, coaches, it's more about them than it is about the kids and teaching them. But, you know, there's all this learning going on. You're learning a new offense. You're trying to, you know, create a chemistry together. Um, but then you got to face an opponent. And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, the front sevens for Utah and UCLA. You know, how you game plan and how you try to find success for your guys is, is not always that easy. And keep in mind, like Ty's still figuring out, what do my guys do well? You know, how do I mold my system into what they do well? And that's not easy. You don't do that overnight. It takes time. So, I mean, I love what they're doing and the direction they're going. I mean, would you like to see Jamal a bigger part of it? You know, maybe a staple. Um, on the outside, I could say, unless I really think I know a lot about football, but I will be the first one to say I don't study college football. You know, I don't know how good Utah was or UCLA. So, you know, I hate to sit there and go, oh, you should do this, you should do that, without knowing what they do. But the direction they're going, um, I use Bose uh, temp temperature a lot for i mean he loves what they're doing i mean and they're excited about what they're doing in fact i was just talking to Taysom, texting back and forth um here this week because i know they're in dc and you know and he was like man you know this week we really got better you know so anyone players feel that and that is i mean i and i almost feel for him in a way because you know they are learning and you know getting better here in week four is not a weird thing um, with the new system. Now, if you've been something for three years and you're like better, that would seem weird, but it made a lot of sense to me when he said that, you know, getting better. We're understanding what we're doing. And I think you'll see a better, a better offensive performance against WVU Saturday. That's certainly the hope uh, after some of the struggles through the first three weeks, but BYU hasn't had any kind of warm up. They've just jumped right into it against power five teams. Yeah. Two of three on the road. Now they go for a third row game in the first four weeks across the country. What kind of performance do you expect this week from BYU against West Virginia? Well, you know, just talking 
to Bo, and listen, this is all hearsay. I haven't been able to watch them, you know, but just listening to kind of how they they talk and while they feel, I'm expecting a, a good performance from them offensively. And, you know, about week four, honestly, if you group, like I use the NFL for this, there's, there's a first, second, and third quarter during the season, and they're in four-game increments. Um, BYU's in their fourth game. So this is kind of where, you know, you, you have a good sample of, who you're going to be or what you need to do at this point. So what I'm, what I'm, a, what I'm thinking is in, uh, in the game Saturday, we're going to find out what they're going to probably be like from here going on. You know, they're going to, they're going to, whatever they're establishing, it'll be in this game and they'll keep building from, from this point on. Cause I think now you got a good feel for what everybody does. Who are we and how can we be most successful? And you'll, I think you'll see it Saturday. ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL running back Merrill Hodge with us on BYU Sports Nation. I want to go back to Jamal Williams and what you expect him to do behind an offensive line that in a lot of ways is young and still learning a brand-new offense. Well, listen, some of the runs he had, you know, against Arizona, I mean, just his runs, they just, their instincts and their gifts. You can tell he has great skills. Um would you, and I, I know he got nicked up too. And see, that's another fact too. You know, a guy gets nicked up. You know, it isn't like he can go feed him the ball a bunch of times. You can't can't do it for him. He's hurt. But you know, say he's healthy. Uh, listen, I, I that week I think I, you got to see a lot of the featured runners in college football. And listen, I, from skill set I saw on television, I was like, that's as good as anybody I saw in the in the country running the football. And that was the two runners in um, LSU. And uh, I think Wisconsin has a good runner too, if I remember right, because I kind of, they were kind of featuring those guys. Like you, I throw Jamal in that in that group based on what I saw that day and how he ran and how hard he ran and the moves he has, and you know his love for the game. Shoot, I would keep him in a category like that and have comp- feel very good about that. That's quite the compliment for him. A lot of the rhetoric this week in uh, Provo and around BYU has been about the quarterback situation. Uh, some people wanting a change of that position, BYU naming Taysom Hill the starter. So in your opinion, what would it take to merit a change at the quarterback spot for BYU? Uh, I don't, actually, I don't even want to say this. I don't want to ever uh, – it's only an injury. I don't, I would, hey, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but that's the only way I think you do it. I just – you know, fans are just so impatient, you know, and um, I get that. I get, I get you want to win. I can just tell you this, from a leadership perspective, where Kalani Shitake sits, if you reacted with the emotion of a fan, he'll probably be in that fan base pretty quick, and he won't be a coach very long. <laughs> and I've had a lot of conversations with him, and I, you know, I'll tell you this, that guy is going to be a fabulous head coach. I mean, and what people forget about, too, Kalani Sataki is the head coach of BYU. This is his first year of ever being a head coach, so he does not even know how to technically really be a head coach. You learn to be a head coach by being a head coach. The Roonies uh, um, have taught me that um, since I was a player to today in how they run the Steeler organization, how they have chosen to pick head coaches. I'll give you, I'll give you an example and a story. Joe Green, when uh, Chuck Noll r- retired, Joe Green came to me and asked me if I would go talk on his behalf to Mr. Rooney about him being the next head coach. I was like, absolutely. We love Joe. I'd love that Joe be our next head coach. So I went in there, talked to Mr. Rooney, set a meeting up with him, sat him down. I said, listen, I always want to talk to you a little bit about Joe being our next head coach. 
He gets up from his desk, he walks over, and he shuts the door. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done here? <laughs> he comes, so he comes back to the desk, and he said, hey, Merrill, I appreciate you coming in here. We love Joe, but I'll never do that to Joe Green. He's like, um, Joe will never, it would never be fair to Joe based on Chuck, and the relationship was there. And he's like, we need to start over young, you know, and that's what we're going to do. So that's why he draft Bill Cow. Okay, Bill Cow retires. Now I'm at ESPN, and I remember that story. And everybody was talking about Ken Wisenhunt was on the staff. He'll be the net head coach. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm running if I'm Ken Wisenhunt because that ain't happening. Well, they draft Mike Tom. I mean, they make Tom what? Cough. I mean, Tom, Mike Tomlin, the next head coach. I'm talking to Art Rooney at training camp, and he adds the other layer to this. He's like, you know, Merrill, one reason we went with young coaches and young head coaches is we feel like we got the right guy. They have to learn to be head coaches, and you got to be patient with them. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to learn from that. But if you got the right guy, that's what you do. And I think actually, you know, of all the college programs, now the NFL, I mean, they, they stand alone for how they've done that. And, and they're, they have won. And there's a great uh, – the thing that's most important behind that, there's consistency. And as long as it's good consistency and it's growing good consistency, you stay with it. BYU, I've kind of done that, I think, in the college perspective a lot. But you've got a guy who could be special. I really believe that. I think when I listened to him after they lost the Utah game, what Bo told me after the game of how Kalani Sataki had that and just just Bo's perspective and the energy he had for that. And he goes, I love this guy. I love this guy. He, he used some other word, too, and I can't think of because it was a bigger word than I know how because Bo's smarter <laughs> than me. But it's like <laughs> I understood it. I was like, God, you know, that's what you got to resonate with these kids. You got to make them all want to play for you. And he does that. You know, I just – you know, only an injury because everybody's learning. Everybody's growing. Uh, I think it's actually taken from the overall perspective. He's played really pretty well based on you know, all of the all of the things you got to look at versus just a win and a loss. I think he's played good football, and I think he'll see good, really good football tomorrow night. Merrill, fantastic stuff. We wish you safe travels, uh, and I know you're a busy man, so we certainly appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Man, I love talking to BYU football. You guys call me anytime. If I'm not on, I'll be happy to talk to you guys, all right? You, you got it, brother. Thanks, Merrill. See you guys. What a fantastic story from Merrill Hodge I love on the Deseret on First the Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your time on your financial future. And I'm referencing what he said about the philosophy of the Roonies and the Steeler organization when it comes to picking a coach, finding the right guy. Not what fans think should happen or but just really finding the right personality to lead your organization. You think it's worked out for them uh, six Super Bowls later? Yeah, and, and I feel like BYU has selected the right guy for many reasons, and we'll see the reasons out on the field play out over time. Uh, and with Kalani Sataki getting his guys in here as soon as he can, as soon as next year, right, and he got some of them in uh, this year, we're going to see the evolution of BYU as an independent, hopefully, hopefully into the Big 12, but if not – uh, BYU as an independent continuing to play tough schedules and getting better recruits. Yeah, I just really like the tie-in of the patience and philosophy of developing a young coach. The Steelers did it with Bill Cowher. They did it with Mike Tomlin, and BYU has gone that route with Kalani Satake. He thinks he's going to be a great head coach. I tend to agree. Up next, what to watch for from Cougars in the NFL this weekend and a new Friday tradition. We continue it. Two bold predictions from Jerem Jordan and myself. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the studio. Bizzle, if you miss an episode of BYUSN in its live form, 
The rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen to a rebroadcast on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYU Radio at 7 Eastern. Do it! And tomorrow night after BYU West Virginia, you can watch the fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer team take on the 49ers of Long Beach State, a.k.a. The Beach, at 10 Eastern time on BYU TV. I am projecting not a 7 to nothing win tomorrow night <sighs> against Long that's, Beach State. That's bold. <laughs> Speaking of bold, let's get a little bold and go with our new Friday tradition, going for two. Can you predict the future? Yes. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Actually, I'm one Brought to you in part by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Okay, Jerem, you are one. I'm one and four five. six. You're one, one four six. six. Yeah. One and five on the season. So you need to turn this thing around and in a hurry, man. What are you going with? The offense has burned me the last couple of weeks. So what that means is that they will have a great day. But I am not going offensive. I'm going defensive. Mm-hmm. Getting defensive. Number one, BYU will hold West Virginia under 25 points. West Virginia averages 32 a game. The last two years, they've averaged 34 a game. They are known under Dana Holgerson for being an awesome offensive team. I'm saying BYU will hold West Virginia under 25 points. So to 24 or less. To 25 or less. To 24 or less. To 24 or less. Number two, BYU will have at least two takeaways. They had two against Arizona, six against Utah, but only one against UCLA. Six against Utah. Six. And lost. Two takeaways for the BYU defense, and those are my two takeaways as well. Okay, going I'm, for two with a pass option. I'm going for two, and I'm not afraid to go out on the limb with the BYU offense. BYU, well, I guess the defense could chime in on this, could have a, a say in, in this first prediction True. too. But Special teams? BYU will score two touchdowns in the first half. <sighs> this is so pathetic. The BYU offense has struggled so much that one of our picks is multiple touchdowns in a half. Ah! In the first half. Which would be a good start, right? It'd be a good start. If they score two touchdowns in the first half, would you not consider that a good start? I would, but it's still, I'm just saying the standard stinks, man. <laughs> I'm not saying that wouldn't be nice. Does the standard stink when you're playing four consecutive Power 5 teams? 17 points a game stinks! <laughs> Who's <laughs> like, yeah, that's good against Power 5. Lou well, Holtz? If they scored 17 in the first half, that'd be pretty good. But I'm opting with. BYU hasn't scored double digits in a quarter they this will year. Score, a quarter. They will score two touchdowns in the first half. That is my first going for two prediction. The second is spicy bold on the defensive side of the ball. BYU. Join me, Spencer. Will hold West Virginia under 119 yards rushing. Now, some of you are saying. Why okay, 119? That, that's super random. Spencer Kent. Linton. The Mountaineers are averaging 238 yards rushing per game through the first two. That's against Missouri. So that's roughly 50%. An SEC team. Or exactly. And Youngstown State. But they ran for more yards against Missouri than they did against Youngstown State. Interesting. So BYU's defense will hold a very potent rushing attack at West Virginia under 100, to 119 yards or Less. That's half of what they're averaging. All right, let's review. And I'm uh, two picks behind. So here we go. BYU defense will hold West Virginia under 25 points. That is 24 or less. And BYU will have at least two takeaways. Defense, don't fail me this week. BYU will score two touchdowns in the first half for my first projection. And the BYU defense will hold West Virginia under 
119 yards rushing. That is half of what they averaged through two games this season. Our going for two projections brought to you by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Now, hearing about BYU Dining Services, by the way, I'm like pretty hungry yeah, right I'm, now. I'm That's making it even worse. I'm starving. I, I might have to head over there. Who will be the most explosive player for BYU against West Virginia at FedEx Field tomorrow? That is our Twitter question, and we want some of your Twitter responses. You've got tweets. At 86WICoog. Hopefully it's Taysom Hill, followed by Jamal Williams and a wide receiver, as that would mean the offense has found itself and we're finding the end zone. At Sad Pizza One re- responded to your two TDs in the first half. Mm-hmm. He said, "Only two TDs in the first half, then BYU will lose. If they score two touchdowns in the first half, BYU will lose." See, I think that B- excuse me, the defense can hold West Virginia under uh, twenty-five. Excuse me, two touchdowns in the first half, and we're going. Well, and, and BYU is going to lose. Come what, on, what do you think the score would be? I, I think this is in the high twenties. This. Well, I hope it's in West Virginia's in the less than 25 category. First to 24 wins tomorrow. First to 24. Broncos magic number. I seriously think that applies tomorrow because this is a very good offensive team traditionally. They have Mm -hmm. speed all over the place. They'll score. It's just how much. Yes. I think the first to 24. They're high tempo. They run more plays. This is like Arizona. Now, remember, Arizona only ran 58 plays against Brigham. So BYU, BYU can stayed on the field and moved the, the ball, ball, right? Yeah. They averaged 7.6 yards, or sorry, uh, plays per drive. Can't have the three and out situation. This, this game's so interesting because the offense has some legit pressure on it this week. Wow. He thinks that two touchdowns in the first half means BYU loses? No, I I have to disagree wholeheartedly with that. There needs to be some offensive production early. Two touchdowns would feel like a huge victory for BYU in the first half. At this point, I'll take it. Up next, two top 15 BYU teams roll last night, and another pulls off a stunning upset this morning. That's part of the Cougar Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. Did you hear about cross country? Awesome. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Look out for that going to West Virginia, boy. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football is in Washington, D.C. today, touring uh, as they get ready for Game 4 against West Virginia tomorrow on ESPN2. Coverage begins at 2.30 Eastern on Countdown to Kickoff. Soccer. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer beat Denver 7 to nothing mm. in a rain Lightning-delayed game. Nadia Gomes scored two goals. Gomes. Ashley Hatch scored a goal and leads the country with 11. That's more than 105 NCAA teams. That's wild. And BYU will host Long Beach State Saturday night at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain on BYU TV, live, also on BYU Radio. Volleyball. 13th-ranked women's volleyball swept Santa Clara in the West Coast Conference opener last night. Find a career night from outside hitter Lacey Haddock. Who had 14 kills? BYU plays San Francisco Saturday at 3 Eastern. Jimmer! Bradette and the Shanghai Sharks beat the Singapore Slingers today, 89-67. Jimmer scored a very quiet 29 points, according to At the Jimmer Watch. <laughs> Swimming and diving. So we really don't know. We're just hoping this guy's right. <laughs> BYU lost 11 of 15 relays versus Utah in non scoring relays yesterday. What, in yesterday's meet, why didn't they keep score? I don't know. Cougars in the NFL. Dennis Pitta rolling right now. He and the Baltimore Ravens take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ziggy Ansah did not participate in practice yesterday, and Kyle Van Noy had limited practice for the Detroit Lions as they head to Green Bay in the frozen tundra. 
Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Jets. John Denny and the Miami Dolphins play the Browns. And Alani Fua and the Arizona Cardinals match up with the Buffalo Bills. Golf. Men's teams at the William H. Tucker. I call it the Bill Tucker Invitational in New Mexico today and tomorrow against a field of 16 teams, which include Arizona, Colorado, and the show, San Diego State. I believe it's San Diego. Mm. Cross country. Listen to this. This was awesome. The men and women's team ran this morning, both winning the Virginia Panorama Farms invite. The men beat top-ranked Syracuse in the process. Take that. The women finished ahead of two other top 20 ranked teams. Hey, well done. Hey, balling out. And unfortunately, Bronco Mendenhall was not there to see it. Charlotte's Future guests ball. include Trevor Maddich, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon coming up next week as we get ready for Toledo. Holy Toledo. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. This one clearly goes to Bob Bowlesby. Also, the cross-country teams for what they did this morning in Charlottesville, Virginia. Awesome. That was fantastic. Will Bob Bowlesby be at FedEx Field tomorrow watching his Big 12 representative, West I, Virginia, against BYU? I really thought there would be a bigger Big 12 undertone with there this game. There hasn't been. There's been nothing. Man, it's been yeah. very quiet. It's not been toxic at all this week. Taysom Hill was asked about that, and he's like, it was It was almost annoyed at that question where he's like, I'm not worried about that stuff. He seems kind of annoyed at a lot right now. Once that offense gets going... He's going to take out this the annoyance like it. on that. An annoyed, aggravated Taysom Hill makes me very excited for what he's going to do tomorrow. By the way, he only needs to take, like, I thought it was like one credit, maybe three. He's taking eight and a half credits this Dude, semester. Dude, it's because he doesn't know how to not just be full steam ahead in all yeah. things. And he, he did say it's a lot different. It's a lot less of a workload. And I'm like, that's good. Eight and a half But it's credits, eight and a half but- of, like, master <laughs> kind of classes, right? <laughs> He's, I had a hard enough time with American Heritage. He's one of a kind, man. That dude's one of a kind. Who will be the most explosive player for BYU against West Virginia? Back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At G Hanson 25, Jamal Williams on offense and Butch Powell on defense. Mm. I, I think that um, explosive needs to be from a guy like Kai Nakua maybe in the secondary mm. or Harvey Longy forcing a fumble or Fred Warner. Butch is going to do his thing. It's not going to be super explosive. Yes, when he hits the guy, but in terms of like turning the ball over, uh, that that's the next step for Butch. At PV Carter 3, Jonah Treneman. Ty Detmer knows we need to stretch the field. Taysom hits Jonah on two long bombs. I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take one. I'll take one. one right now for Jonah Treneman. Our elite tweet of the day, at HistoryGeek1776. The entire team, in all caps, they will finally show what they can do. Let's see it. Thanks to Merrill Hodge, Dwight Wallace, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app, also on Stitcher. For new kid, Jerem, I am Spencer Spenmack Linton. Shout out to Floyd Irish. What a name. BYU Sports Nation. Back to work on Monday. Beat the mountain.